If you have your Bibles this evening, turn with me to the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea chapter number 13. I want to preach tonight on this thought of contentment, contentment and dealing with the subject of what it means to be content and how as Christians, as God's children, how we can have contentment. It seems like... um, Well, it's not just the day and age we live in, it's always been, but it seems like they are, as an American, the more we have, the more we consume, the less content we are. And uh, I could share stories with you being in third world countries where they had nothing and yet had great contentment with what they had. And yet it seems like here as an American citizen, we are blessed richly with much. And contentment is far from us, both as uh, from the outside, from a worldly perspective, but also from on the inside as a Christian, as a church. Often we struggle with contentment. And so tonight I want to look at this subject matter of contentment, and I want to do so from the book of Hosea, chapter number 13, and begin reading in verse number 4. The Bible says, Yea, I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior besides me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion. As a leopard by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps and will rend the call of their hearts, and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I will be thy king, where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities. And thy judges of whom thou saidst, give me a king and princes. I gave thee a king in mine anger, and I took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, we ask that you may speak to our hearts for these next few moments. Lord, may you teach us to find contentment in you and in you alone. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Here in Hosea, we see that God is dealing with uh, Israel and their lack of contentment with him. He even mentions that they had desired a king. And if you remember back before God gave them Saul... God told them, I'll be a king to you, and yet they cried, give us a king like all the other nations. 
They were not content with God alone. They must have what everyone else had, what every other nation had, a physical earthly king to look upon. And of course, as we know from Scripture, it did not bode well. And so we find here that there was a lack of contentment within Israel, and there also is a lack of contentment, I believe, in many hearts today. The story is told about a pilot who was uh, always looked down intently on a certain valley in the Appalachian Mountains when the plane passed overhead. One day his co-pilot asked him, said, what's so interesting about that spot? The pilot replied, he said, see that stream? So when I was a kid, I used to go fishing in that stream, and as I was there, I would look up and I would see the airplanes fly over. I always wish I was up here flying. He said, now I look down and I wish I was fishing. It's always tempting to think that others have it better than we do and that if we just had a little more, everything would be just fine. But this evening, contentment cannot be achieved by increased possessions, and nothing will ever be enough in our own lives apart from Christ. Russell Cornwell told of an ancient Persian, Ali Hafed. He owned a very large farm that had orchards, grain fields, and gardens. Ali was a wealthy and content man, and one day... Ali entertained a guest who had told him about his diamonds and just how wealthy Ali would be if he owned a diamond mine. Ali Hafed went to bed that night a poor man. He was poor because he was discontent and although he had his farms and vineyards and wealth, it was not enough. One day, the man who, uh, uh, sorry, craving a mine of diamonds, Ali, he sold his farm to search for rare stones. He traveled the world over and finally becoming so poor, broken, and defeated that he took his life. One day, a man who purchased Ali Hafid's farm let his camel into the garden to drink. The story says that as his camel put his nose into the brook, the man saw a flash of light from the sand of the stream. He pulled out a stone that reflected all the hues of the rainbow. The man had discovered the mine of Golconda, the most magnificent diamond mine in all of history. Had Ali Hafed remained at home, if he would have just stayed where he was at, and dug in his own garden, he would have had acres of diamonds and the world's greatest diamond mine that's ever been found, instead of dying in a strange land. The truth is, is that the more we want from a human perspective, the less we have. And so we want to look at the subject matter tonight of contentment or uh, what it means to be content. To really understand what it means to be content, first, we must understand what it means to, uh, or what causes discontentment in our life. Look at me in verse number six. 
The Bible says, according to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. What causes discontentment? First, I believe that abundance can cause discontentment. God had blessed them, and it says, because of their blessings, they had forgotten me. And I believe that is true in our hearts and in your life and in mine. Often because we have been so blessed, we forget that we are truly dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We may pray the model prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our what? our daily bread. But the truth of the matter is tonight, how many of us, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, truly pray that prayer out of need? If you're like most Americans, we may pray, give us this day our daily bread, but if we go to our cabinets and open them up, we have enough food to suffice us. And although that food that is there is the gift and the blessings of God, because of his blessings, we really forget just how dependent we are upon him. I don't know if I've shared this story or not, but I guess about 15 years ago, maybe less, 13 years ago, my wife and I, we were in the Philippines. We were living there in the Philippines um, outside of Manila. We were working, uh, going into the new Bilibid prison, the largest prison in the Philippines. It was a prison system that had over 100,000 inmates in that one prison with um, an environment that, uh, honestly, if I had a pet dog and he ran through there, through the through that prison, I probably would never allow that dog to come home just because of the disease that was ridden in that prison. And we had a young man by the name of Jock. We're still friends with him, try to keep up with him, some on Facebook. And he was there. He was a young man, maybe 21, 22 years old at the time. And he would travel and go into prisons. He was faithful, constantly sharing the gospel. And after we had left that prison that day, we went to McDonald's. And I'm not a McDonald's fan at all, but I'll eat at it some. I'm finding that for lunch in Etowah, it's about as convenient as anything. So I may be eating more McDonald's than I care to admit. Uh, but I'm not a huge McDonald's fan, but that day we went to McDonald's. And as we were there, we told Jock, Jock, get whatever you want and just we'll, we'll pay for it. And we noticed Jock ordered one of the small cheeseburgers, which was just a few cents American money there in, in uh, the Philippines. We sat down at the table, and of course it was me and another missionary friend who, uh, I'm not small, but he was twice the size of me, and we had plenty of food between the two of us on the table. And we looked over, and Jock had a little cheap hamburger, and he pulled out his little uh, uh, a knife, and he cut that hamburger into quarters, four pieces. And he took one of the quarters and, of the hamburger, and he ate it, and he took the other three pieces and he wrapped them up in the napkin. And we're thinking, now, Jock, you're a young man. We know you can eat food. What are you doing? And come to find out, Jock had not eaten in two days. 
and he was taking the rest of that hamburger. That was going to be his food for the next three meals, a quarter of a hamburger. Now, just so you know, when Jock left that day, he had more food than he could eat. We loaded him up with food. But when Jock prayed, give us this day our daily bread, he meant, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Contentment. See, the problem is, as many of us are like this wealthy man who had his farm and had been blessed, and he was fine and wealthy until he heard of someone with greater wealth. And he rose up from bed that morning, a wealthy man, but went to bed a poor man. And although he was wealthy, his perspective had changed. And if we're not careful, our abundance, the blessings of God, can cause us to be discontent. We look at someone else and go, yes, God has blessed me, but look what they have. Yes, I might have more than I need, but I do not have what they have. And abundance can lead us to discontentment. Matthew six thirty three says that, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Not only will abundance cause us to be discontent, but our wrong or misplaced priorities can cause us to be content. We're seeking the wrong things. We're, uh, we are uh, putting the kingdom of God last, and as a result, we find that we are discontent because we simply have the wrong priorities. We are not living for what truly matters, and our priorities have been misplaced. And Isaiah, uh, then thirdly, we have the wrong love. A, a, a wrong love can cause us to be discontent. Isaiah 26.3 says, That will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. We will be discontent. When our love is no longer geared towards God, but instead is geared towards ourself. Discontent. So the truth is, there's nothing in this world that will ever satisfy apart from Jesus Christ. It does not matter how much wealth you obtain, it will not be enough. It does not matter how much fame that you get. Uh, we're living in the world where everybody wants to be TikTok famous, all the young people. I don't have TikTok. I promise I'll never be TikTok famous. <laughs> but that's what people are living for. Young people are living for recognition. How many followers do I have? How many likes? I saw this week a couple of preachers that were arguing on Facebook and, com and comparing who had the most likes on their Twitter feed. I thought, God help us. Is that what really, is that what matters? Uh, how many likes we have? How many followers we have? We have misplaced our love. And as long as you love this world, you love yourself, you love things apart from God, you'll never be content. Well, these are some causes of discontentment. But secondly, this evening, I want to look at the recipe for contentment. 
How do we obtain contentment? How do we find peace? How do we find satisfaction in our life? And the truth is, it does not matter whether we have a shack out in the woods or a mansion on the hill. All of us want to have a life of satisfaction and contentment. You say, well, preacher, how do I find that? If wealth, if fame, if prosperity, if these things are not enough, how do we obtain, preacher, how do I get contentment? First, we must recognize the source of our contentment. Look at me down in verse number 9. The Bible says, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. We must recognize the source of our provisions, and that source is the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Pastor, how do we have contentment when we have abundance? We can do that when we recognize where our abundance comes from. It comes from the Lord. It comes from him. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our blessings, our provisions, everything we own belongs to God. I was having a conversation with my girls this week, and we were talking, and my family wanted to go up to a dinner show. And we looked at it, and we said, that's just too much money for a dinner show. We're not paying that to go eat dinner. And Maggie said, I've got a great idea, Dad. Why don't you just pay for me and let Mommy pay for Molly? It'll be a lot cheaper that way. And so I thought, well, she's sure she's trying her best to get us to go to that show. And I began to explain to her how money works and how we have a joint account and it doesn't really matter. The money comes from the same place. I said, my money's mama's money. I said, mama's money's my money. And we talked about it for a minute and I said, actually, Maggie, I've got to correct myself. I said, there ain't none of it mine. And her and Molly said, what do you mean then? Whose is it? I could see their little brains were thinking, did you steal that money, Daddy? I said, the truth is, it all belongs to God. The very breath I have to live, to work, to do, it's because he lent it to me. It all belongs to God. We must recognize the source of our provisions. And it is that it comes from God himself. But my God shall supply your need. You ever hear the term people say, I'm a self-made man? I know what you're getting at. I know what that saying is trying to get at. But the truth is, it's a lie. There ain't none of us self-made men or ladies. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. I owe it all to him, and so do you. And when we recognize the source of our provisions, we recognize it is God himself that gives us life and meets our needs. We can learn to be content. For how could we ever look at a righteous God who has given his all and say, God, your gift is not enough. We wouldn't want to say that, would we? 
And yet that's exactly what discontentment is. Not only must we recognize a source of our provisions, but uh, B, we must recognize the source of our protection in life. Look at me in verse number 10. The Bible says, I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And thy judges of whom thou saidst, give me a king and princes. We must recognize to be content. We must recognize the source of our provisions. But we must also recognize the source of our protection. Again, as we read in Isaiah 26, 3, he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. This afternoon, I heard a pastor friend of mine who preaches down in Georgia. I li- they have their uh, service a little earlier than we do, and I was able to listen to his sermon. And he uh, gave this illustration. I thought, man, this fits perfect with tonight. It's my wi- his wife is actually my wife's first cousin. They're cousins. And he said that. He said, I don't know why. He said, but when I drive, he said, my wife stays a nervous wreck. He said, we'll be going down the road, and she's pumping the brakes in the passenger seat trying to get us to stop. He said, the other day, I was driving down a perfectly straight road, nothing around. He said, she started screaming. I slammed on the brakes. There was nothing there. He said, she's just nervous when I drive. He said, my girls are the same way. He said, but what I found was if we go on a trip, And they get real tired. They'll all lay back and go to sleep and just let me drive. The truth is, it's the same way with God. A lot of times we are discontent because we just don't trust him. Now, he's never given me a reason not to trust him. Has he ever given you one? I can answer that for you and say no. He sure hadn't. He's been faithful, hasn't he? And yet life comes along, things we don't understand, things we don't understand why. We we, we can't control them. They're out of our power. And we sit over there in the passenger seat, and we're pumping the brakes saying, God, stop. Lord, I'm scared. God, I'm fearful. And yet what God's saying is, aren't you tired of trying to carry this load all by yourself? Why don't you just lay back? Rest in me. I've got this. I'm in control. Just lay back and rest. And you know what me and you can do to find contentment? We can turn loose and say, God... I can't control where this thing's going. Lord, I'm going to just lay back and rest. Knowing that you're in control of my life, that you do all things well, I can trust in you. That's how we find contentment. When we trust in the provisions of God, there's great peace in trusting God and allowing him to have control of our lives. And then thirdly, we should seek a heavenly prophet. 
seeking those things that are eternal. Matthew 6, 20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust uh, destroys, or where thieves don't break in and steal. Uh, we can have contentment when we recognize that our reward is not of this world. The reason many times that we are discontent in our life is because we are trying to obtain things that have no eternal value. And so we obtain them, we work for them, we labor, we strive, we weep, and we work, and we obtain. And then as soon as we get them, they vanish away. And we're left discontent. We want and we obtain only to find out it's not what we thought. You ever made a purchase that you just had to have? Wanted something so bad and then get it? And as soon as you make the purchase... And leave the store. You think, hmm. Wanting it was a whole lot more exciting than getting it. It's because the things we purchase don't have eternal value. And God says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We can have contentment when we recognize that our reward is not in this life, it's not in this world, but it's in the life to come. And when we begin to realize that our treasures are laid up eternally, that our reward is not in this life. As a Christian, as a preacher, my reward is not in this life. Now, I will say God gives us many things. God's been good to me. I'm not complaining. But there is no necessity for worldly accolades. Neither is there a need for reward in this life. But there is a need for an eternal reward. And when we began to lay up treasures in heaven, when we began to seek a heavenly profit and we lay up for eternal things, then we can have contentment because the things we obtain they never diminish their value they obtain worthy and worthwhile that heavenly prophet if we lack contentment it may be due to the fact that we are building treasures that just won't last the recipe for contentment recognize the source of our provisions recognize the source of our protection, and then seek a heavenly prophet. And we can find contentment in this life. You say, Pastor, what is the purpose of contentment? Why should we seek it? Do you, preacher, does God want us to be content? God wants us. He said that he desires that our joy would be full. God desires us to have contentment. And what is the joy of it? What does it accomplish? First, it will keep us close to God. Had Israel been content, they would not have wanted an earthly king. They would have been content for God to be their leader. Ain't that what we need? Is to remain close to God. 
1 Corinthians 6, 6, the Bible says, but godliness with contentment uh, is great gain. When we have godliness, a relationship that is pleasing to God, and contentment, the Bible said, it's great gain. You've, you've obtained something now. It'll keep you close to God. Verse number 14 of Hosea 13 says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Joy with contentment will keep us close to God. It'll also keep us safe. It'll keep us from a lot of harm, danger, destructive behavior in our life when we become content with the Lord. I'm going to share this illustration and I'll begin to wrap up. Years ago, my wife and I were in, uh, uh, we were preparing to go to the Philippines as missionaries. And uh, we were in Texas, about an hour outside of Tyler, Texas. We were in an old blue minivan that was, it had had better days. And, uh, but we had been going around, we were in a meeting in Tyler. We were headed about an hour north there for our uh, next Sunday night meeting. And on that week, we had been to, had nothing else to do on a Thursday, Friday night. And so I didn't have any appointments to preach. So on those nights, being in Texas, the middle of summer, there were rodeos everywhere. So we went to rodeos, and I used to love to ride when I was younger. And we went to some rodeos, and here I was, all I had was my preacher clothes. And I said, I'm not going to a rodeo in dress shoes. And so we went to a store. I had to have some Justin cowboy boots. So what did we do? We didn't have much money. We were about broke. And I took about every last, I was young and dumb. Don't look at me. Y'all made dumb decisions too. And uh, I went and I bought those Justin Ropers. I was so proud of them. We went to the rodeo and I was so impressed and nobody else was impressed with my boots, but I was impressed to have them. That next church service, we were headed to that little church out in the middle of nowhere to go to that church service that night. And Sandra can attest, we got maybe 20 minutes away or so, 30 minutes away, and the car broke down. And we're trying to get to this church now. We're trying to get to church. I've got to preach in just about 30, 40 minutes, and we're broke on the side of the road. All I know to do, we're out in the middle of Texas, out in the, out in the boondocks, we start hitchhiking. And this old truck, beat up truck, pulls up. That truck, I think, was in worse shape than our van, but it was still running. And the guy said, I don't have room for you up here, but you can hop in the back. Where are you going? So I gave him the address to the church. Me and Sandra get out. We get in the back of that truck. With her and her dress, me and my suit. We get our Bible, our little display. We hop in the back of this truck and we drive 30 minutes. We're pouring sweat, dusty, we're nasty. We pull up to the church. The pastor and the deacons are outside looking, wondering where the preacher at. We pull up and hop out of the back of the truck and say, Preacher, I'm here. I'm ready to preach. <laughs> Amazingly, they actually let me preach that night. I don't know if I would have let me preach. <laughs> 
We went the next day and we got our vehicle. Uh, water pump had went out. And we got a quote to get it replaced. Guess how much it cost? Almost to the dollar what the boots cost. And you know how much money we had left? A big goose egg. God had already met our need. The problem was in my foolishness and discontentment. I blew what God had provided. God taught me a lesson that contentment will keep us safe. When we say, God, I'm just going to trust what you've provided. And then lastly, it will bring us favor or bring us into the favor of God. In Psalms chapter 37, verses 3 through 5, the Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed, um, and thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. When we are content with the Lord, there is a sweetness of fellowship that transpires. Now, my daughters, my, my youngest, Molly, you have to watch her. We, if you study her love language, her love language is gifts. And if you want her to think that, know that she's loved, you give her a gift. Now, Maggie, it's much like mine. It's quality time. She just wants you to be with her. Molly, it is gifts. And if we go anywhere especially if I go on a trip or anything, I try to bring her back a gift. But if I even so much as run up to the gas station and come back without a, a sucker or something, she'll break down crying. She thinks I don't love her. It's just who she is. Yet I've noticed that there are times we've been in town and I want her to know that I love her. But before I have an opportunity to express that, she's just four, but she'll start in. Can I have this? Please, can I have it? No, baby. And she'll start crying. Why can't I have it? And she becomes discontent. As a father, you know what it does? I still love her, but it makes me not want to make the purchase. Because there's an ingratitude. She's four. She's learning. She's a great kid. I'm not putting down my daughter. But you know what? Sometimes we're the same way with God, aren't we? He's done so much. But instead of saying thank you, we say, God, give me, give me, give me. Lord, I just have to have this. And God's saying, if you want to have favor with me, be content. Is he not enough? What more does he owe me? What more does he owe you? I dare say tonight, he 
owes me nothing. He's given more than I could ever repay. I am eternally indebted to him. And as eternity goes, every breath that I breathe in the splendor of heaven and not the flames of hell will make me that much more indebted to him. I can never repay him what I owe. Contentment. Are we content tonight? Are we happy? Are we satisfied with what God has done in our life? If we are discontent, let us be discontent with ourselves. That we may live more for him. Let us be discontent with our walk with him. That we may walk closer to him. Let us be discontent with our own sacrifice that we may say, God, let me give you more. But let us have complete contentment in Christ that we may know his peace. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our hearts. God, may you help us, Lord, to recognize just who you are. Lord, and what you've done for our lives. Lord, what you can continue to do with every breath that we give. Lord, I pray may you draw us closer to you. Lord, may we learn to have contentment Lord, for our testimony's sake, how can a lost world desire to have what we have if, God, you're not enough? But, Lord, we know that you are. God, may we reflect that in our spirits, in our heart, in our attitude. Lord, may we always be content in who you are. In Christ's name I pray.